What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Everybody, welcome to the latest episode. We're glad to have you here, and we are gonna start today with a fan shout out. And it goes like this, very helpful. I found this podcast less than a month into the healing process and found it invaluable, and I've shared it with others I know in this situation. This has been more helpful than my current therapist. <laughs> Thanks for all you. As, as nice as that is to hear, I want to just really emphasize, Brandon, the fine, line, the fine print here in this episode is... That this isn't therapy. This is right. not therapy. So the great thing is this person is using our podcast in conjunction with therapy. Um, but yeah, this doesn't replace therapy. Yeah. It's our opinions. Although it is full of good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely full of good stuff. But we appreciate the fan shout out and uh, glad that it's, that it's helpful. I mean, that's really the reason exactly why we wanted to, to start this was to give hope and to give help and to share experiences. And that's what we're going to try to do today. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so we are going to get into the specifics of what the fear cycle is today. Um, so as we as we talk you through this, hopefully you can recognize um, like how you go into it, what it is in your life, how it's not working for you, so then you can recognize how to get out of it and work yourself through it. Okay, Right, and something that we said before we started this was this isn't just something that people like Kobe and I are dealing with right no brandon you've experienced we yeah it's we like all human. go through cycles of fear and control okay but but i would say there's a correlation between levels of trauma in our lives and how much or how intense the fear cycle is in, in our life and so the more trauma the more fear cycle we're going to have over and over again and you know is that cumulative trauma is that recent trauma is that a mixture of both yes both. It's a mixture of both. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I, you know, a lot of our emotions aren't based in reality. Um, they're based out of our experiences. So if we've had a lot of experience that has brought us a lot of fear, then we're going to be triggered into that fear a lot. And the, the, the better you can recognize the fear cycle, the better you can start to, to manage that, that fear in a healthy way. As opposed to... Uh, Fear actually is great at producing more fear, and um, it's it just it's a snowball effect, and it uh, it doesn't work. To it's it's why anxiety is created and or shutting down because people just don't know what to do with these emotions. And so and now the fear cycle we talk about it a lot with betrayal trauma because obvi- for obvious reasons. Um, a spouse who's experienced betrayal is in a lot of fear, a lot, right? And a natural, normal response to betrayal is to start to go into these fear cycles. Right. Um, what sucks is they're not healthy. So you do what's natural, and, and, but if you stay in that place, um, it, it starts to create chaos in your life. So, so let's break down the fear cycle a little bit. So... Um, the very first thing to the fear cycle is there's a trigger. There's something that, that triggers fear. So, like, what would be some examples? Uh, Kobe going out of town. 
Okay, so there's an example of something that would trigger fear. Uh, now, Kobe going out of town triggers fear for you, Ashlyn, because... In the past, there was trauma with him going out of town. Uh, there was acting out. There was him connecting with other women. And I just felt very disconnected and betrayed. Okay, so, so you hear it, right? You hear the past experience, the trauma coming up. With the current experience of him going out of town, up comes the fear. Right. Okay. Um, the things that trigger fear will be different for everybody. So, um, to one person, you know, they might see a red microphone and that triggers fear to another person might mean nothing for my daughter. It's going to bed at night, right? That fear gets just heightened all, you know, kind of builds. And then at nighttime, when it's time to go to bed, her anxious mind cannot shut down. Right. So because she's had experience right. around going to bed at night. Yep. Right. So, um, so don't, I, I want to put this in here. Don't shoot on yourself. Meaning don't say, I shouldn't feel fear about this. I'm crazy. You know, I, I, I work with some people who uh, like one girl who she's really scared to get on the freeway, like to drive. And, you know, she can say, I shouldn't be so scared, but she is. Right. She's had experiences with that. And so she feels fear around it. So if you try to stuff it down and pretend like it's not there because it shouldn't be there, then you're not going to even notice that your fear is there. So, but the first thing is that you're triggered into fear. Okay. So that fear then leads to, this is where it starts to perpetuate itself and to grow. Um, it then leads to, into some, some obsession or some compulsive thinking. Um, you know, you're, you're triggered into the fear. So you start to ruminate, you start to obsess about this thing. Okay. So it shows up like. Uh, I think with Spike, the Spike narrative, and if you don't know who that is, we do a whole episode on that Spike narrative, but it's that narrative in our head that is making up lies. And so a lot of the things I feel like I, I allow myself to stay in fear aren't based in reality. It's me making up a story or making my worst fears come to, you know, like most of the things I have fear about haven't even happened. Yes. And they may not ever happen and that so so that's usually the case is our fear is not grounded in reality usually not always um it's like if you're alone in a house in a dark house that's unlocked and it, how it how would you how would that be for you ashlyn uh, well, it, that happens sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and I get nervous. And so then I start to think of scenarios where someone breaks into my home. What am I going to do? How am I going to protect my kids? And sometimes it, it goes into a plan, but most of the time it goes into the crazy scenario of yes. like, I won't be able to get to my kids in time. And then they're going to, how are they going to get out? So you're just, you're, you're just the thoughts, one thought feeds an emotion yes. which feeds another thought which builds another emotion which builds another thought and now now all of a sudden there's a knot in your stomach <laughs> there, yeah but you're just laying in this house where the doors unlocked and it's a dark house but in your mind and in your head it's like my children are gonna die and i don't know what i'm gonna do and this is so scary and then physically you start shutting down right absolutely yeah and so usually the fear is not not grounded in reality Sometimes it is, though, right? So, did did you ever see or recognize my fear cycle showing up? Um, I would say, um, 
I would say no. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to identify it. Looking just looking back, actually, that's a really good question. Looking back, I don't think that I really identified it in your nonverbals. I don't think that I I identified it in what you said, but um, because it's just like historically when we were in that bad place, we just didn't talk hard things. So though you might have been in the fear cycle, it was probably altogether unknown, but it was totally felt. So I think it was more of like this energy that kind of exuded from you that I felt. And, and then all of a sudden that triggered my shame and, and also my fear of, of relapsing as well. So, um, I would say probably the way that I would identify it was, um, you're trying to, um, like ask additional questions I wouldn't necessarily say it was being controlling, but wanting to get into some of the details or like saying, okay, this is going to be a good trip, right? Like we're not going to have to worry about anything, right? Like that's kind of how it manifested. It was pretty subtle for you as I recall. Um, and I don't know, sometimes when guys go to town, I hear their partners will distance themselves. That's probably more for like military personnel who were like deployed for a long period of time. Um, but for me, I think you you got more like longing I think in some instances but um, I think you were, you had a pretty good poker face actually so what I see usually is that the addict is actually really good at recognizing the fear cycle of the spouse okay um, and and really horrible they, they suck at holding space for that fear and so um, they, they recognize like oh my spouse is going crazy. Um, oh my gosh, it's going to be fine. Stop worrying. Uh, yeah, you're freaking out. Like, I or here, here she goes again, or yeah. whatever. And and so then she's judged um, about about it, or she's shut down, or she's disconnected from either, even further because she's feeling this fear. And so he recognize he feels it, he senses it. Mm-hmm. Um, he can sense her disconnect or her her over control or whatever it is, but then really struggles to work her through it right um and hold that space with her so that's that's especially in early recovery now the beauty of uh recovery is when he starts to get into recovery the fear cycle it 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 shifts completely it turns from something that is a horrible thing that he can't stand that he feels shame about that he to, to to an opportunity for him to show up for her to create safety and to love her through that fear. And and when he sees it as that opportunity, he can step right into that with her. And it, it's awesome. Um, so anyways, let's come back to walking through what the fear cycle is. So there's the trigger, there's the fear, these there's the obsession. Um, now, I got to say that sometimes, the like, like you said, Ashlyn, the the thoughts are more shame-based than they are like fear-based. So... They could be either. So fear could be, oh my gosh, a man's going to break in my house and kill me. I'm scared, right? Shame-based things are like you're at the beach, and we always use the beach example. You're at the beach, and you're thinking, I'm not good enough. Why don't I look like her? Um, my husband doesn't choose me because I'm, you know, I'm not pretty enough. And So you start, you're in the fear cycle. You're starting to obsess about something because you have this fear you have this shame, this fear of abandonment going on inside of you. Um, but you're in that obsession. And it doesn't look exactly like terror 
but it's it's this self-deprecating spike narrative that's just just ruminating inside of you right so the next step after the, so there's the fear there's the the obsession the next step is control and so when you're in this place of fear our natural reaction is to want to control the situation so um, these are the behaviors that start to come out because of the fear okay so um, the the most common one I see here is when when a wife is married to a sex addict she tries to force him into recovery she tries to force him not to lust she tries to force him to do all of his meetings and go to treatment and all these things that's that's the fear cycle um, she's trying to control him and I lived in that absolutely really yeah yeah it's common it's it's where you first start. It was, and, and it almost, it was the idea of like, this is you, this is your problem, you go fix it, and this is how you're going to fix it. Yes. I'm going to tell you exactly how. And, and there's, there's a, a couple of huge problems with that. Um, one, it, first off, it's totally normal to do it. It is. <laughs> but, but, but there's a couple of problems. One, um, it, it makes it so that you don't actually heal because you're stuck in in trying to control him to get better when what you need is is to grieve and you need support and you need to work your own recovery um the other thing it does is it makes like he really plays small because he'll 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 either get compliant and do exactly what you say or um he'll get resistant not do anything right where he needs to man up in his own recovery and take charge of it and work his own recovery from from himself right so um, so yeah, that's a common one, and it's a really hard concept to understand. Like when I start working with with wives early how, how on, early so? on, well, they're like, "How am I? How what am I? Am I supposed to just let him do whatever he wants? You're telling me that I'm supposed to just back off and like be okay with it?" And that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, don't control it, but have your own healthy boundaries. Um, that aren't based out of fear and control, that are based out of self-love and self-compassion for you, um, and, and, and focus on what is in your control, not what's not in your control, which is his addiction and his recovery. Um, so there's a lot that a lot of options that you have in terms of your own work and 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 what you can do, but what you can't do is force him into recovery, right? So. Um, but but that's why it's a hard concept to grasp is there's a fine line between a healthy boundary and control. And they they might even look like the same thing, but the intent behind it is different, right? If I say to you, Kobe, you better not ever relapse or else, and I, I do it from a place of fear, that's one thing. If I say, hey, if you relapse, that's not okay with me. That doesn't work for me. And, and if that happens, here's the consequences with me, just so you know. I'm not threatening you. I'm just being honest with you about who I am and what I need, right? Can you I see can, the difference? Yeah, I can just totally recognize this because fear, Ashlyn's fear of my failure or relapse um, or even knowing that a trip was coming up. I, if I ever had, a, had a, a trip planned in the past, I would be hijacked the minute that we put it on the calendar. And that might be three months before the trip actually took place, where I would begin with preoccupation in my head, ritualization about the trip, where I'm going, where I'm staying, blah, blah, blah. But, but as soon as I saw Ashlyn really come to terms with the fact that I'm about to leave, 
Ashlyn, your fear, however subtle, kind of the energy, would immediately put me into shame. So I don't know if that's pretty common or not, but the the fear of a partner compelling the 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 addict into shame, um, it was something that just repeated itself over and but over again. I, I definitely want to make this, this point, which is she is not the one compelling him into shame. Right? Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. And that's him doing his own work to say, like, she can have fear but I don't have to go to shame with it. Why right? am I going to That would shame? be like, it's raining outside and I walk outside and I'm pissed because I'm wet. When it's like, oh, I could just take an umbrella with me? Wait, I have to be responsible for having an umbrella? Right, so right, So I don't right. get wet? What? So right. I totally get what you're saying and, and it's not, I, I want to I be really clear, I do take ownership of the fact that that's how I was. I would go to shame when I felt that. Right. But that was simply a byproduct of the fact that I didn't, I hadn't done any work I'd avoided work. I was still in addict mode. Right, right, right. And in enormous amounts of denial. But my point is, is that's that, that's exactly what my point is. I felt I, I felt her fear and at that at that moment when I was in addict mode, I went to shame. So I've Which definitely meant I couldn't show up for you in any way or think clearly about wait, I can change this trip so it's not like the last trip? What? Like that thought? Is is weird as that sounds? Didn't cross that mind. thought never crossed my mind. Right. For either of us, Ever. truly. Right. So uh, when you're operating from that place of fear, then you, you, you get blinders on and you just try to like... Just it's always going to be this way because, look, it keeps happening. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and then you just keep trying to control and change it, but it's not getting better, mm-hmm. right? And so after the control... Um, let, let me give you some other examples of control um, just, just to see if if anyone kind of relates to this. So um, controlling his recovery, another way to control is to be extra nice, is to have sex, is to, to connect, not, a, not from a place of love, but a, from a place of fear. If I have sex with him, then he won't want to have sex with other people, so I'm going to have more sex with him and give him what he needs so that I feel safe because I'm in a lot of fear. Right? Do you see how that's fear cycling? Totally. And honestly, one I hear a lot, and which I understand, is when the spouse invites you to look at porn with. Uh, uh, yes. And that is absolutely out of fear. Fear and control. Well, like, I, not always. I'm saying for a lot of times it's out of fear. Right. Like, I'll indulge with you and, and, and kind of do this with you because I'm worried that you're going to leave me. And yeah. So, like, okay. Uh, right? That's a common one. Yeah. Um, other things like losing weight or... Uh, you know, plastic I, I, surgery. Plastic surgery. I want to look a certain way so that you don't leave me um, because I'm scared. So, uh, yeah, self-image stuff like that—that's common. Um, and then there's just the the straight-up control that I, I've seen. Uh, um, you, uh, you know, <laughs> I've worked with women who have demanded that their husbands have to eat a certain type of breakfast every single day. Um, because if they're not eating that type of breakfast, then they're not going to be healthy. And if they're not going to be healthy, then they're not going to be in recovery, right? Is is that? I mean, that just sounds exhausting. It's exhausting. If we're if we're, if, we're, if food intake is being managed because of the domino effect the rest of the day, then you're thinking about every individual domino. That's got to be just exhausting. Oh, every Poor time woman. you drive down a freeway, covering his eyes uh, when you pass certain billboards. Um, you know, even I've even heard of. It, you know, touching his penis to see if he's getting aroused, you know, uh-huh. just to check. Like, I, I, I had one woman who would weigh 
their lube um, to see oh, if how, it had been used. Ha, if it had been used for other things. So she'd know the weight of it, and then she'd, right? And it, hearing these, it makes me hurt. It makes me, my heart ache because I understand. Like, you get why they're I doing it. I get it. Completely. As crazy as it sounds, I'm sure there's people out there going, oh my gosh, these people are crazy. But right. guess what? We're all doing it's it in different ways. Yeah. And and it's, it, I don't blame them one bit for doing it. And and they're trying to survive. They're in this state. And, of, it, and you feel like this is going to either, this is going to help. If I do these things, then I can, I'll be able to control the outcome, which doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> um, or it's going to continue like this. So at least I'm going to feel like I'm in control if it's going to be this crappy anyway. Exactly. And, and it, it doesn't ultimately bring safety and peace. It no, doesn't. No, it makes and us... I Really, that knot in the stomach, It. I wasn't kidding. That's how it shows up for me. Yeah. It's just the sickness, and I feel sick to my stomach, and my my head is racing with these awful you know, narratives. That doesn't feel good. You're spinning your wheels, yeah. right? And it just you just feel out of control. So... Um, there are there's a much better way um, and ways to, to, to not live in this fear cycle. So anyways, after the control comes shame and despair, and after that comes more fear. And so you just go back and cycle, cycle over oh. and over again. That's that's torturous. And I think one of the thoughts that keeps that's pervasive for me in this episode is the physical sensations that are like the cues that our bodies give us, right. both the betrayed and the addicted. While in this fear cycle, like right. the the, I don't even know if exaggerated is is the appropriate word to describe the the physical sensations that might come. I, I mean, you talked about having a knot in your stomach, Ashlyn, but I mean, what else did it feel like for you? Um, well, the obvious I think is I felt very alone. Like this is right. only happening to me. I must something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with my marriage. And you, unfortunately, <laughs> nailed that in um, at the time. Um, I think for me, it really just, I felt crazy in my head. Like I, I felt out of control that those thoughts had control over mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So as much as you think I'm in control by living in this fear cycle and trying to bring control, I felt out, out of control. Yes. That's a good way to, it's, it's a hard it's thing weird. to describe. Yeah. You just feel like you can't just put it all together and feel peace. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's because it, it's that cycle. It just oh. repeats itself. Yep. And so what you feel like, okay, I'm getting a handle on this. We can do this. I'm going to change things in my marriage or in my life. And then <laughs> crap hits the fan and it starts all over again. It's frustrating. It's It really did leave me sick. I felt, I think, nauseous a lot. The, I was just listing in my women's group. Um, we were talking about this fear cycle and, and coping with emotions, and I, I was listing on the board like some symptoms, things like panic attacks and insomnia and headaches, and they were all nodding their heads saying, like, yeah, I, I've, I get that one. Yeah, I had one of those last week. Um, but because they're, they've are they been in this state of fear and, mm-hmm. and trying to control it, but back in the fear. And it ultimately fear that's not really processed or dealt with turns in, into anxiety and that anxiety comes out in insomnia and panic attacks and oh, all these the physical ulcers the and worst. autoimmune oh. disease and I could go on and on um, the suffering that it causes 
when you don't actually deal with this fear in a healthy way. Well, and I feel like, sorry, the the feeling so alone kept me from actually owning, voicing, sharing, getting help, looking for help, any of that, because I felt like it was my little problem. When you're stuck in yeah. it alone, then you're just going to try to cope with it the way that you know how. Right. And you try to do that over and over and And it over doesn't work. Again. And so I guess if you're listening to this, you're not, you're not of that type. You're not who I was. Um, you've obviously moved past that if you ever were. And that's the cool thing is once you look for, okay, let's find somebody who actually has some answers or two steps ahead or who's made it out of this. Right, right. You know, I keep thinking the when I would be in this, because this is definitely for the for the addicted as well, this this fear cycle. I mean, I, and I would think this constantly. Um, it, it looked different. In fact, we talked about just, just before this episode started, Brandon made the observation, it, like the fear cycle is just more apparent and you can observe more of it. It's more exaggerated in the betrayed than it is the addicted. And my immediate response was, yeah, that's because the guy's coping because he's acting out. <laughs> so, right. um, whereas the, the, the betrayed isn't, not, at least not in that specific way. But my, my point is, is that really what that means is, is that I would just numb the, the fear. I would feel it. The fear of acting out caused you to act, act out. out. Totally. But, but here's what's interesting though, is that, is that I would be in this perpetual state of anxiety and I never consider myself an anxious person, but just looking back at the state that I was in when I would be in a hotel room was just this, it was this ramp up of, of just emotions until I finally could not handle or take any more of the, of, of the vice grip. Right. And so every time I'd go through the, the, the fear cycle, it would immediately kick me in to start another one. And then another one, and then it became faster and, and, and bigger and more scary and more real. And um, and in and of itself, just being in the fear cycle for, for the addict perpetuated relapse probably more than the original trigger of whatever it was because it was such a heightened emotional state and I could not deal with what was so uncomfortable that I would just act out. Right, yeah. It was it, like, oh, it, per- it, it perpetuates, it grows. It, yeah. It, yeah. Um, fear um, gives birth to more fear. Right. right? So I, I want to put a little plug in. I have two courses. I have Helping Her Heal After Her Heart's Been Shattered, and I have Healing After Your Heart's Been Shattered. And what those courses are that I, I go into, you can find them at brandonpatrick.com. Um, but I, this is what we talk about. We talk about recognizing her fear cycle, her recognizing her fear cycle, and, and working her through that and giving her the tools, learning how to get mindful. And in Patreon um, today or this week with this episode, we're getting, there, there is a way out of this fear cycle. And there's, you can absolutely respond and react differently and, and not be stuck in this anxiety. There's a way to cope. And we're going to get into the specifics of that in our Patreon episode this week. Yeah, it'll be a really good deep dive because what we'll talk about is it's applicable for the betrayed as the addicted because there are, there are we, I use this term all the time with, with patrons, there are mile markers down the path. For instance, in this one, down, down the road of the fear cycle, there are mile markers, there's indicators that were in that place. And we'll share what ours were and sometimes still are. 
and and how we can get mindful of that and moreover how we work through that so the tools to actually break free and live out of that fear so hey can i share a quick story please okay so all this talking i'm thinking of the first time that you did show up for me when i was in that fear cycle when i felt triggered and um i've shared it before but i think it's very applicable to this episode and hopefully it gives you a little hope. It's not something that came overnight. Um, it took over, a, what, a year and a half before you showed up. Year and a half, two years. Um, and we worked on ourselves before we worked on the, the the us, the togetherness. And so when I we were in a moment together, um, an intimate moment, I felt triggered. I went into that fear cycle. I was uh, making up all these scenarios in my head. And, like, my brain wouldn't shut up. And I, I was right there with you. And I just got quiet as I was in my head. And um, I gave myself a f- like some time. And then I said, I'm, f- I'm feeling cr- like all these emotions right now. I'm feeling triggered. And this fear is coming out and like making up these stories. I wanted questions. I had questions. I- and instead of you getting defensive, getting frustrated, like like in the past, which totally we had more skills at this point, uh, you showed up and you held that space for me. You held me physically and let me speak that fear and reassure me. And I easily walked out of it. And it was one of the coolest moments for me, not for me to like personally, oh, look what I did. I was able to get out of this fear cycle, but to see my husband show up for the first time in... I think it was like 16 years of marriage. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great example. You recognizing cool. that fear and just allowing her to be there and hold that space for her. Mm-hmm. Right, it's and awesome. it took a skill set. So we'll we'll talk about and, more of that. And again, just to point out what I said earlier is, even though you were in fear, historically that would have put me into shame. But in this situation, because we had worked on ourselves enough, I was resilient to that historical shame. And that's possible for everybody who's listening here. So. Absolutely. Guys, thanks. thanks for being here. I'd uh, love to see a review or love to see you rate us on uh, on iTunes. Go ahead and pop over there and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, you guys.